0: Hi, everybody. It's Mike Adrianson with the Manhattan Minute. I'm here with Jim Miller from Whistle Mission Outdoors Podcast. I'm back. Thanks for having me. Uh, It makes it a lot easier when it's interview style, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I enjoy coming on here. So far, uh, this thing's been taking off pretty good, right? Yeah, so far, I I get a lot of good feedback. And hopefully, like I said, I'd just like to keep getting more listeners. And, uh, you know, as we develop, it'll be a lot more interview style. Anybody emailing you about issues and stuff you've been is this been a good avenue for that yeah it, so so far so good I, i've gotten a few emails uh nothing uh you know no dramatic email you know nothing crazy but uh sometimes it's the small ones that make a difference yeah but
1: uh this is a good avenue so anybody listening you can email them and uh at manhattan minute podcast at gmail.com right that's yep. a, cool manhattan- yeah so minute. before we even get started you already know
0: that I'll we'll probably say it again at the end yeah. you know <laughs> so anyway Anything you want to start off with right away? Uh, well, right away, I'd just like to thank Public Works with the the amount of snow that we just had recently. They were out there nonstop. They did a great job. They cleared everything up, you know, as far as the village roads, everything was cleared. They were just out there yesterday uh, with the uh, end loader, removing some of the snow from the entryways of different roads so that it's visual. You, you could see the oncoming traffic. There's no safety concern there.
1: Yeah, I know it was that uh, was a busy because it never stopped. It's not like it snowed for like five six hours and then
0: it was good to like, clean up. It was a long long event, you yep. know. And, and the community was very uh, excited about it, and they were very thrilled with the work that Public Works did. Uh, so much that uh, Bill Groth from Working Class Carpentry came by uh, the other day, and he bought uh, lunch for all the Public Works workers. I mean, you know, it was very uh, appreciative and that's
1: nice it's uh he it's just did that, that, yeah. just did that on his, just to say thanks huh? yep
0: he just messaged us and said hey i'd like to buy them guys lunch they did a great job and and it, you just love good people yeah. that do yeah. stuff for people
1: that's uh that's nice their hard work is not unnoticed yeah definitely It's a it's a long night everyone thinks it's just easy pushing a plow around but it's a long tiring oh, yeah. night yep so anyway
0: uh what kind of things are going on like uh community events and stuff what's coming up so as far as community events, we have a couple things going on. The main one is uh, Irish Fest. They finally got a, a approval for everything. Looks like everything's uh, in order to happen uh, March 4th and 5th. Uh, you know, are there any like hours on that? Or is like is there any hours to know about? Uh, I know on March 5th that the main tent closes at 10 p.m. So from there I know a lot of uh, people end up going over to Gallagher's. Gallagher's has its side tent. Oh yeah, that's right. They do a big tent of their own. Yeah, and I believe they're open till uh, one a.m. So you know, there's always room for more. But uh, any I, idea I, what time that big tent, the main tent, opens? I, I believe it opens at eleven o'clock. I'd have to confirm that. But right now, I know that after the parade, usually after the parade, uh, you you head over to the main tent. It's usually open. Uh, there's a rugby game going on. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. So. It's a, a really good time, and hopefully, it's a uh, really good weather. We don't have to worry about rain or snow. Hopefully, music too, right? Yeah, oh well, yeah, music. Uh, there's Irish dancing. There's all kinds of stuff in there. So it'd be great if everyone can make it out there. It's been a while, and uh, when it closes at ten, you said it closes at ten p.m. on Saturday. Yeah. and well, as far as other community stuff going on, I know that um, Ron Adamski is a trustee, and Aaron McDonough also a trustee they were working on a community garden so they're going to open up this community garden this year in the spring it's going to be right by the Well Six property at 520 West North Street you can go on our village website to get some more information if you'd like to sign up or fill out the application so you can get a spot in the community garden this would be great if you you know your family wanted to sponsor one of the one of the pods where you grow stuff and
1: so what it so is it's like a volunteer effort to maintain a garden.
0: Yeah, you just you go out there and uh someone that doesn't have a spot for gardening, they can have their spot right there. Oh, I got you. And so and they can go out there and grow some different plants if they have uh, excess uh vegetables or anything like that. That was my next question. So is this yeah. a flower garden or a vegetable garden? Uh, anything you want. I mean, it, it it's just kind of uh it's just an opportunity to, you know, have a spot to grow something. So if you live in a town home, or a different setting where you can't uh, have access to a, a large field where you want to grow anything you could go out there and you can uh, start you know tomato plants or if you want to do flowers wh- whatever it may be you you have this little uh section where it's it's kind of your section it's labeled with your family name oh that's neat or your name and and you can uh grow stuff and if, if you if you have uh, excess vegetables you could bring it to the uh, Manhattan Township building for the uh, food pantry you know there's always Room for
1: the food pantry. Where was that located again? That's behind uh,
0: that's on Wabash Street at the Manhattan Township building.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're gonna definitely get something from this. Oh, so yeah. that'll also help there.
0: The 4th of July, hopefully, we uh, you know, Dave Kessel in town he has a, a nice parade where it's all the golf carts and tractors and non licensed vehicles, you know, just to show your uh, support for America. He has a nice parade there. It's all patriotic. The only the only uh, requirement is that anything that you drive in this parade has to have an American flag on it, which is great. Awesome. So you know we're going to expand that a little bit. It's in the original part of town. We're hoping to possibly expand that to Century East. We're going to look at some maps and figure out what the best route is to expand it a little bit. And in the meantime, you know, oh, so you want to make the parade longer? You're saying? Yeah, because last year uh, there were so many there were so many entries that it, almost the beginning followed the end. Oh, it was really? Like, yeah, it was continuous. So. If we have a couple more streets to add on and maybe it'll grow from there. And then from there, we'd like to go to Central Park afterwards. We were going to have a, you know, some food or a food truck, whatever it may be. We're still working through all that. one idea, just sitting here listening to this, one idea I got for you. It'd be cool if you had
1: a place where you could show up. Let's say somebody saw a tractor they liked or a golf cart they liked. If everyone like parked that was
0: in the parade. Yeah.
1: So the spectators, if they were to go back to like a central park, they can like see the one parked up close. Yeah. Know? And
0: hopefully I know the Chamber of Commerce, I've been talking to them. They want to have almost, you know, a golf cart show, but it might end up being golf cart, tractor, uh, ATV, whatever you bring that's not. Yeah. Everything's unique. Most yeah. people have a unique setup. And maybe we could do a contest where it's the most patriotic decorated, you know, unit. Oh, there you that, go. You know, and then people could walk around and see that. And then we'll have the splash pad. There's some food, uh hopefully a band you know, it should just be a good time and a nice family-friendly event that's kind of just free and you just show up and have a good time. So that
1: part's still in the works though. You're not sure yeah. if that's
0: going to go on. Yeah. Okay. We're, well, we're hopeful that it We're hopeful that it will, but it's not uh, confirmed yet. No, that's that's about it for community events at, at you know, right now. Tell me, is there any uh, new development
1: going on? I know, I know there's been some busy stuff, but uh, anything specifically more
0: we should know? Yeah. Right now uh, at the last meeting, we just approved Ivanhoe subdivision. DR Horton is going to start building homes over there at the Ivanhoe subdivision. That's
1: the one that's like south of town on
0: 52. Yeah. Okay. It, it's just south of town on 52, uh, right across from uh, Roadhouse 52. Dude, it's been vacant for quite some time. And we were working and negotiating with DR Horton, and it, it sounds like it's going to be a nice product. They're going to start building right away. So I would anticipate within the next six to eight weeks, they're going to start uh, moving dirt and, 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 placing homes there.
1: Can you, uh, is there, can you sign up for a home in there yet or no? Is there anything? Not yet. Uh,
0: yeah, they don't have anything ready yet. I, I don't think it's marketable yet. So once they get something ready, I know they're going to build some model homes. They possibly are going to open it up at a different location that they have. So if you were trying to get pre-construction prices, you could probably go to drhorton.com or, or whatever their website is and look on there and see if they, you know, maybe contact them and if, if they have something ready, I'm sure they'd be more than willing to work with someone that wants to do pre-construction, you know.
1: So these are single-family homes, townhomes. Yeah, the mixture a, of both, or
0: no, it's all single-family homes. Uh There's gonna be ranch and two stories. Mixture, okay, mixture cool. of all that. So it, it's gonna be nice just to fill that spot. It's gonna bring a lot of uh support to our downtown businesses because it's just south of town, you know, and and it's been uh for so long that it's been vacant. This will be a, a great time to. You know, fill that void. And, and, and from there, it should support a lot of the local businesses because naturally we always leave town and we head north. So if you're already out that way south of town and then you head north, you're driving through, you're creating traffic for the businesses and it should be a great thing.
1: Any idea? Just curious, how long that has been sitting? I mean, was that like a pre-recession thing, or like- yeah?
0: You know, I don't have the exact date. I, I would say 15 years. Uh, it's okay, been, it's, you know, it's been quite a quite a long time. I
1: know it's like all established. There's curbs yeah. and streets, and I mean, it's it's something. It could be something right now. It's yeah.
0: Just- and the cool thing is, uh, Deer Horton agreed to put aerators in the ponds, so there should be a nice fountain in all the ponds. And oh, nice! They're nice. gonna they're gonna do all the landscaping. There'll be a nice park in there. Uh, you know, it should really flow in and create that, you know, from century East, it should be able to just flow into this new subdivision and, you know, rebuild everything and it'll be, uh, you know, they're going to end up doing a turn lane on 52 right there for it. They're going to fix Bruns road up for it. They're going to put curb and stuff on uh Bruns road. So, so they're investing. They're definitely oh, putting yeah.
1: some money into this then. That's good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just kind of a open lot now when you drive by it, you know, and it, it's, it's a shame because it is like all developed, ready to be yep. homes. It's so. been just
0: sitting here. So, uh, you know, luckily we were able to, uh, work with this company and they seem very eager to do a good product and a, and a nice job. Now, how about, uh, anything more with Duncan? You can talk about it. We're all kind of waiting on Duncan. Yeah. Duncan's a big uh, topic. I, I know, you know, I, I've been in contact with the owners of Duncan, uh, every, Probably every three to five days just following up with them. And the biggest concern they had was NICOR had to turn on the gas. And to do that, they have to cut into the street on fifty-two to do the repairs. So they've been waiting on a permit from IDOT. So iDot finally just issued that permit on Wednesday. NICOR has scheduled it. Our public works have been notified through Julie. So it looks like they're gonna start doing that gas turn on and that repair within the next 14 days. So at that point, I'm working with the owners. Once they come up with an ex- exact date for the grand opening, I'll let everybody know. But right now, it, it's just good news that the store is ninety five percent done. We're just waiting on the gas to be turned on. Once the gas is turned on, it, it's going to be uh, you know schedule the date and let you know get it open. Do
1: You know, if there's any going to be like like some big grand opening type thing going on there, or
0: yeah, ex- there'll be a grand opening right, right away. It's just going to be open so that they can get things moving. And once yeah, uh, like a soft one, opening, yeah, yeah, once they do that, we'll we'll schedule a, a grand opening with them. And I'm sure, uh, you know, I'll speak with them and the Chamber of Commerce and everybody and see, w- see what the plan is and let everybody know.
1: Are you guys concerned at all with the traffic on 52 with the new Dunkin'? I just read the comments on things and I see people complaining. Is this, a, is this an
0: actual concern? You know, I thought about that when when they first wanted to come in there. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I drove around and looked at about 10 different Dunkins. They all have the same type of length of their drive through. And there is always a little bit of congestion, a little bit of a backup in their drive through and And I'm thinking if 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 it's pretty common practice, it must be only a short period of time. So I'm not really overly concerned. I know that we have a little side apron there on fifty two that they can kind of fill in. and it, it is always a short time and it's it just it must be one of the things that Duncan deals with on a on a normal basis because I, I go around and I look at all these places and there's not a real long line. I mean, how how long of a line is it necessary? to have for a drive through. I mean, there's really nothing, nothing proven that says, Hey, you, you have to have, you know, 10,000 feet or whatever it is. It just, you kind of deal with it. And I know it might be a struggle, but I'm, I'm pretty confident it's going to just work itself out. I mean, they're, you know, they're on top of it. They try to move cars along as fast as they can. And you they know, are quick. Yeah. Re- I mean, how long do you really wait in line for Duncan? Yeah. It doesn't the other seem thing
1: too, I was thinking when I was reading those comments, when you see the, when, when you talk about a backup, a busy time at Duncan, how long does it really last? Yeah. It you seems, know?
0: I mean, 20, 30 minutes and, and it, it dissipates and then it comes in waves. But a- after a certain period, you know, Duncan is not typically super busy after, you know, noon, one o'clock. I mean, it doesn't.
1: Yeah. You get your rush of the people in the morning going to work and then, you know, maybe the midday type thing, but that's nowhere near what the morning is.
0: Yeah. The morning is, is the key. I mean, that's, you know, I would probably say seven to 10 AM is, is the busy part and You know we're we're ready to work with work with that, and if there's any problems that arise with traffic, we're we're going to help address that. So I
1: got to imagine any architect engineer that looked at that building when they before they decided to build, they had to have thought of something. They might have they might have used some sort of structure. This town so many thousand people, and it's not going to be that big of an issue.
0: Yeah, and and that was my biggest point when they were coming in. Is you know this is an empty building that had a drive through that was already approved in the past. So them coming in here, yeah, it wasn't really the best spot for a drive-through, let's say, but it was already there, already up and running. So my my position was, if this is a vacant building, they're going to fill that vacant building and they're going to provide a service for the town with the drive-through. So my opinion was, hey, it, it it's already there. Let's work with it. Yeah.
1: Um, moving on, what about uh, law enforcement? I know there's different things going on with uh, law enforcement in the town. Anything there?
0: Yeah. We're, we're always, um, you know, with public safety, uh, always a concern and, and just looking to be proactive with public safety issues. You know, the flock camera system is a license plate reading system. It, it's a database that's shared from here to California, to New York, it's all over the U S and what it does is it, it just basically monitors license plates that drive through town. So you'd be able to, you know, God forbid there was something that happened, Amber alerts, for instance. The first thing that comes to me is an amber alert. Yeah, I mean, if there's a child that went missing, it was seen in a red sedan, they could type in, you know, four-door, red car, you know, spot the five or ten that were in this time frame and then and then try to target it and try to do the research to figure out which way they went. And then from there, they could always uh, you know, and, and you know, let's say someone came from another town that was a violent offender and there was a warrant out for them, we would be able to see that. It would it would basically alert our police that, hey, this violent offender that's wanted is driving through our town right now. So with this Flock camera system, uh, the police chief reached out to the state's attorney and they have a, a grant program. So they are paying $5,000 towards the camera system. And as part of the uh, the match, JJ Advantage security system is donating $5,000. They're, they're a local security company and they are donating 5000 as well. So it's going to be no impact to the village the first year after that, then we have to maintain it every year, but there's no contract. So I think it's a good extra measure just to put out there and, in how many cameras are there
1: at total? You, you know yet? So, or?
0: Yeah, we're going to get four to start with.
1: Okay. And I take it that's going to be on the main 52 and Manhattan money. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So what about, uh, what you were telling me about street names An issue. I didn't quite follow you on that. So tell me about these street names.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, as I was saying, the original part of town, Jan Street, K Street, Thelma Street, Lee Street, Prairie Street, and Park Street. Originally, when that was all developed, it was Avenue. So it was Jan Avenue, K Avenue, Thelma Avenue, uh, et cetera. And working with 911 dispatch and the post office, we realized it, it must have been something happened about 40 years ago, we're estimating. 40? 40 40? 40, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, 40 years ago, the village somehow... Put the signs up there as street instead of avenue, and whatever happened, we we don't really know. But they changed the street name to street, so Jan Street, K Street. So there's mixed feelings about this. There's a lot of people that have Jan Avenue, and some people have Jan Street. There's some mix-ups with the uh, you know dispatch center, nine um, the post office. But most importantly, the real idea is where it comes down to. That's got to be certified through documents or whatever. And, and that's where the issue is, is the real ID that came out. So what we're going to do as a village, you know, we have to fix this and not everyone's going to be happy, but what we decided to do was change it to street. So officially change it to street, which I know some people might've only known it as street, but now it'll be officially uh, named as street. We already voted on that. Uh, it's got to go about 30 days. Then it gets submitted to the 911 dispatch, the post office, the county. Once all that happens, it'll be officially changed to street. Anyone that has Avenue per se on their license or their passport has to get it changed to Street if there's a financial impact to them. All they have to do is contact the village, and we're willing to reimburse them the cost of the change. So it it's been Street this whole time. Well, it's been it's been Street the past forty years. Okay, Uh, but so you're just making it official when when you look at yeah, when you look at the plat, you know, the plat back in whenever it was originally built a long, long time ago, it was Avenue. So we have to do something to you know make everything uniform so it's going to go to street and then anyone that has a document that they have to change a license a passport any type of you know cost that's incurred by them for changing that we'll take care of you just got to come to the village talk to us show us what you had changed and then we'll reimburse you
1: i can't imagine the last 40 years there's too many of that left
0: yeah i mean you never know it, it it's Talking to some of the residents, I realized that you know if they order something on Amazon, they double check the address and it's you know changed back to Avenue or Street. So oh no kidding, okay. You know it, it's kind of one of those things that has to be cleaned up, and that's what we just did. We we did the least impactful thing in our opinion. Hopefully, it's the right thing, just to make sure that everyone from now on it's called Street. And we'll like I said, any uh, financial impact we'll we'll take care of. And that's pretty much all I have to ask. The one thing I do want to ask
1: you about is I saw a picture of you the other day at Silver Cross. You want to go into that?
0: Yeah. Tell I, us all what that's all about. So I had a meeting with uh, Ruth Colby and several mayors, uh, the mayor of New Lenox, Frankfurt, Mokina, even Orland Park was there, Lockport, Homer Glenn. And we all discussed, basically uh, Ruth gave us an update on the, the COVID situation at Silver Cross, how they were at capacity and all that, and how this whole time... I'm sitting over here thinking, well, it's kind of over, maybe it's getting better. But when you're a nurse on the front lines or a doctor, I mean, it's the same old thing for the past two years. It's overwhelming. So when we discussed at the meeting about, you know, doing a lunch for a nurse or a doctor, you know, something to say thank you. I reached out to, you know, Rusty Reagan, our superintendent of our schools at District 114, and I asked him, you know, would you ask the children to you know, maybe craft or draft a thank you note to all the nurses and doctors at Silver Cross, thanking them for all their hard work. And he said, absolutely. And, and before you know it, he showed up with a box full of thank you cards. And, uh, you know, I, I called Ruth and she was very excited. I, I brought him over there and she started reading some of them and, uh, you know, some of them brought tears to her eyes. So it was very good to see the community, re- you know, working with that
1: a personal experience for me is my wife is a nurse at silver and she got one and she was very touched by it. Yeah. There, there, yeah. There was a, that was a very good idea. It
0: was a very good idea. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what the one concern that Ruth had was, you know, these poor nurses and doctors have been working through this the whole time and some people forget about them. So, you know, once I heard that and, and she suggested about the the thank you notes, I'd talked to the school and, uh, everything worked out. I mean, I even asked my son after I seen the notes, I said, did you make one of these? He's like, yeah. And I, how'd you know? And I said, well, I talked to the superintendent and he's like, who's that? I said, well, I talked to your teacher's principals and things like that. So it was, it was very good, uh, just to give them a little, uh, you know, smile on their face with their long 12 hour days, dealing with sick people all day. So it was, it was very good. Their long days, especially now they're picking up overtime and stuff. So yeah. there's, there's a lot going on over there. So they do appreciate And people that. get frustrated. So you can understand if someone's got COVID, they're frustrated, they're angry. Everyone's kind of uneasy.
1: Yeah. So that's all
0: I have. Uh,
1: one quick drop for me is the Whistle Mission Outdoors podcast comes in on Thursdays. Just so yep. you know, if you're into the outdoors, conservation, and, uh, and your la- your state touches Lake Michigan, my podcast is for you. So there's my drop. I had to do that real <laughs> hey,
0: quick. no, that's good. Uh, anything yeah. else from you? No, thanks everyone. If you want to talk about anything or have anything uh, addressed, just. Contact me via email at uh, Manhattan Minute Podcast at gmail.com, and I'll I'll either talk about it on this podcast or I'll email you back with a reply. Either way, uh, it's communications always good, so nothing goes unnoticed. I know it. So that's it. Thank you, everybody.